0: Psalm chapter 100 uh, I really am excited I'm we're really effectively in earnest beginning uh, this series today because my understanding is it really didn't I think we put up a graphic last week but I don't think any of this got preached last week uh, which is which is well and fine because God moved powerfully uh, but listen God's God I think sometimes, especially charismatics, we can have this interesting thing where obviously we believe God moves in worship and in prayer and in altar calls and in prophetic ministry. God moves that way. Amen? I said amen. But listen, God can also move through the ministry and the preaching of the word, and that is just as valuable as everything else. We need all of it, not just some of it. And there's not, some of it that's more valuable and some of it that's less valuable. It's all valuable. So I want to kind of begin this series today on gratitude. And we obviously are in the Thanksgiving uh, season. Some of y'all just skipped right over Thanksgiving and went straight to Christmas. Who am I talking about? Who am I talking to in the room this morning? Some of y'all just skipped right over Thanksgiving. Y'all were just waiting. November 1, like October 31, 1159. P.M., the Christmas tree box was in the living room ready to go. And when the clock struck midnight, it went up. But it really is an awesome season. November and December are probably my two favorite months of the entire year there's so much going on which by the way if you haven't noticed there's a lot going on here at high praise during this season get connected lots of great family stuff Uh, as a matter of fact if you haven't already pick up a sheet uh at the info desk or i think they're i think they're also at check-in and also at the coffee shop pick up a sheet uh, that, that gives you all the events listed you can put on your refrigerator and know what's coming up but these couple months Provides so many opportunities to reflect on God and his goodness to us during this season. Uh, and people just seem to honestly be in a more contemplative and appreciative mood during this season, except for Good Friday. I mean, excuse me, Black, Black Friday. Good Friday's, you should be. Good Friday's when we celebrate that Jesus died for us. Black Friday is when toaster ovens go on sale and somebody's going to punch a grandma to get $5 off. That's the season where people are not as contemplative and appreciative, right? Then everybody becomes the hunger games out there. But I want to tell you, I don't believe Thanksgiving is intended to just be a holiday. It's, It's not just a time of... It shouldn't be the only time that we have thankful, cathartic uh, um, uh, contemplation of what God has done in our life. That should be more than just November and December that we do that. As a Christian, as a believer, you are intended to live a lifestyle of gratitude. Psalm 100 says this. Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Get this, verse 2. Serve the Lord with what? With gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with what? Thanksgiving and into his courts with what? Praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for this word today. I thank you, Lord, as it comes forth, as you have something to say to us this morning. I thank you, Lord, that you will anoint my tongue as that of a ready and skillful writer to speak forth your words of life exhortation edification, and comfort to your people today. I thank you for all of us in this room. As we receive today, you will anoint our ears to hear, our hearts to receive, and our spirits to respond to what your spirit is saying to us today. In Jesus' mighty name, and everybody says, amen. As we kind of begin this, it's important for us to really define what gratitude is. Gratitude, very succinctly defined, is simply the state of being thankful. It is simply the state of being thankful. And I don't believe the importance of living in gratitude can possibly possibly be overstated. It is impossible to overstate how important gratitude is. Living in gratitude is one of the most important things you can possibly do. That's why the psalmist takes so much time in Psalm 100 to talk about thanksgiving and gladness. He says to serve the Lord with what? With gladness. You should be glad. I'm going to say that again. I said this morning. You should be glad. Listen the psalmist said. I was glad when they said unto me. Let us go to the house of the Lord. You should be glad that you're in the house of God today. You should should be glad. That whenever you came to church this morning. That you had a car to drive here in. You should be thankful for those of you who are married, that you have a spouse who is sitting beside you, who loves you. You have a lot of reasons to be glad today. You should be glad. You should be thankful. And you should serve the Lord with gratitude. There's nothing worse than Christian Eeyores. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all, anybody... We'll throw down on with some Winnie the Pooh on y'all now. Y'all remember Winnie the Pooh when you're growing up, or maybe you got kids watching Winnie the Pooh. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember Eeyore, the chronically depressed donkey? Y'all know what I'm talking about? I was actually, I was actually watching a couple of clips last night thinking about Eeyore because I was trying to just reacquaint myself with him a little bit. Which Eeyore is a character you may not want to get reacquainted with. But in one of these one of the actually the books it was actually a, a square it was in al a., when aa a. Milne wrote winnie the pooh it was one of the characters said good day eeyore and he goes i don't really think it's a good day you ever met a christian that's like that you ever met a believer that they all they they, they always have something negative to say right you could say man i've had a great week well let me tell you how bad my week's been What a beautiful day it is. It's just about five degrees too hot outside. Right? Man, God's doing great and powerful things. Well, he hadn't done anything for me. I haven't gotten what I'm believing for. I haven't received what Don't be the Christian Eeyore. Nobody likes Eeyore. Listen, I've, I've been to Disney World enough that there's there's the stuffed animal section and like there's not a lot of Winnie the Poohs left and there's not a lot of tigers left, but there's a ton of Eeyores left on the shelf. Nobody wants to be Eeyore. Nobody likes to be around Eeyore. Even in Winnie the Pooh, all the other characters were always trying to cheer Eeyore up and they most of them didn't succeed. They were just kind like, all right, bye. That's how it is a lot of times, right? You you can be a, a positive Person, And if you get around enough Eeyores, Eeyores will start rubbing off on you and you'll become Eeyore yourself. Let me just say, that's why it's important who you surround yourself with. You don't need to surround yourself with people who are constantly finding the problems, who are constantly complaining, who are constantly uh, grumbling about everything that's going on in their life. Because you can't complain and live in gratitude at the same time. I'm going to say it again. You can't complain and live in gratitude at the same time. The two ideas are not complementary and they cannot coexist with one another. Because gratitude will push complaining out of your life. Psalmist says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Could we say it like this? Thanksgiving is the starting line for encountering God. Thanksgiving is the starting line for encountering God. If you lack gratitude, you will lack encounters with God. There are a lot of people who are wanting to have encounters with God and they think they're going to get there through complaining. You enter his gates with thanksgiving. You begin to come into his presence when you have a thankful heart. You begin to press into his presence and encountering him when you begin to live with thankfulness and with gratitude. Not whenever you are constantly complaining about everything that's going on. And i get way ahead of myself, but by the way, we live in a culture that just likes to complain. Got real quiet in here. We live in a culture that likes to complain. We like to complain about the economy. We like to complain about politics. We like to complain about our sports teams. I told my dad last night, which by the way, Florida State won. For any of you who don't know what that was, I was throwing the U down. It's okay, it's all in good fun. There's neither Noel or Seminole nor Gator in the kingdom of God, we all love each other. I said Noel or Seminole, those are the same, same things. Knoll or Hurricane or Gator, we all love each other. Longhorns, yeah. we'll deal with them. But I told my dad, Florida State won last night. said third year in a row they beat Miami. They're 10-0, and 0. they've won like 16 straight. And I got online last night and I've never seen more people complain about a win in my life. Like we won the ball game guys, we beat our rival. Like calm down. And even if we wouldn't have, your life wouldn't have been any worse because you lost. Some of y'all are really struggling. I know we live in the South, and football is king. Some of y'all are really struggling with that. Guess what? Even if your team loses, it has no actual impact on your life. Am I right, MG? You know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Hey, in all all seriousness, y'all know we like to play with MG. But in all seriousness, the Gators didn't win last night. They haven't won a lot this year at all. I can say all this because we went through our seasons like that too. They didn't win last night. But M.G. didn't come into come into church all depressed and complaining and grumpy, and I'm not gonna worship today because my team lost. Why in the world do we let the smallest little things throw us off of what God has actually done in our life? Yeah, I understand the stock market may not be great right now. Guess what, those things cycle and they're cyclical. But you know what isn't cyclical? Your healing, your salvation, your deliverance, your breakthrough. I'm gonna concentrate on the things that are eternal rather than the things that are cyclical. Guess what, the Knowles are they've won 16 straight. That will come to an end at some point, probably this year. Quick, MG said. Probably this year. I don't expect them to win at all. And you know what? I'm not gonna become depressed whenever they eventually lose a game. I'm gonna go, well, I couldn't do anything about it anyways. I love the other thing I love we do in sports. We say we, like we won the game. You sat on the couch and ate Doritos. You didn't win anything. Your cheering from home really spurred them on to victory. You can't get into the gates if you aren't living in Thanksgiving. You ever, you ever seen one of those, you ever, you ever been to a door, we actually have a door back to one of our rooms that requires a, it has a code or a fingerprint to get in. And I go up there and I put my thumb on that door and it turns green most of the time. It turns green and I get in the door you ever been, you ever worked somewhere, you had a key card, you got to swipe to get in a door, right? And whenever you go up, if you have the right credentials, you get access into something. Listen, Thanksgiving is the credential that gets you through the door into his presence. And whenever you go up and you're complaining and you're belly aching, and you're moaning and you're finding everything wrong with everything and you go try to swipe your card, access denied but whenever you approach it with thanksgiving and with gratitude the door begins to fling open for you for you to enter into his presence We see this with the children of israel they wandered in the wilderness why because they complained complaining kept them out of the promise if complaining kept them out of the promise gratitude will bring you into your promise if you can't have gratitude, you'll lack other key principles in your life. By the way, this isn't something that's just known by biblical writers. This is something that's just known throughout history by, by philosophers. There's, there's a, um, how many of you know Cicero from ancient Rome? Marcus uh, Tullius Cicero, y'all know who I'm talking about? He was a philosopher, all right. Y'all need to go back to history class, a couple of y'all know. Cicero said this, he said, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it is the parent of all others to say it again. Gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but it is the parent of all others. Cicero is actually making this point, which is a biblical point, by the way, that all good things, all good value, all character begins to flow from a heart of gratitude. Whenever you get gratitude right, other virtues begin to flow as a result of it, right? I've never met somebody who is A a, a persistently negative person that has many other good character traits about him. Can we be honest? Negative people generally have a lot of other bad character traits about them. And people who live in gratitude and thankfulness, other good virtues and qualities begin to flow from that. If even the world understands that, the church should certainly be walking in it. If ancient Rome realized that and their philosophers realized that, how much more should we as the church realize that and walk in it? After all, we should be the most grateful people on this planet. You should be grateful because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You should be grateful because you were lost and now you are found. You should be grateful because God healed you. You should be thankful because God delivered you. You should be thankful because you are in bondage and he came in with the keys and he set you free what in the world do we have to be ungrateful about if we're really honest we could all look at our lives and say there's some things we wish were different can we be real right how many have at least one thing and by the way this isn't ungrateful this is just reality how many have at least one thing in your life that you wish was different than its current state right probably everybody in this room but how many you have a lot more things that you're thankful for and grateful for? And how, many, how much more do we have that God has done for us than the things we're waiting on? Notice, notice why I say that. He, he has done a lot of great things for us. And it's not that he hasn't done other things. We're just waiting on the fulfillment of the promise. How many of you have at least five things God's done for you? Hopefully all of you in this room. We have a lot more to be grateful for then we have to wish was different. Why in the world are we complaining? There's nothing worse than when blessed people complain. Parents, y'all should know what I'm talking about. You ever had your kids, you ever, you ever watched one of those Christmas morning videos or something on YouTube where like a kid gets a present and it's like, you know, it's like 1996 and they got an N64? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And they're like, is this all I'm getting? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all ever seen any of those videos before? These kids get stuff and they're like, is that it? After getting these great things, it's like, well, I can take that back to the store too if you would like. There's nothing worse than when blessed people complain. You are a Christian, which means this. You're blessed. Regardless of any circumstances in your life, regardless of how much money you make, regardless of what your physical health is, regardless of what your relational status is, you're blessed. I said, you're blessed. I believe God wants to heal you. God wants to bless you with with, with finances. He wants to do all these things. But at the end of the day, if all of that faded away, you're still blessed because you're a believer. If all that disappeared tomorrow, you're still blessed. Why in the world should we ever complain about things going on in our life? Can you indulge me just by doing an exercise with me today? Can you indulge me this morning? Good, I'm glad you can, thank you. I wanna do this, just take a deep breath with me. Okay, ready? And exhale. You should be thankful. You just had breath fill your lungs. You are alive. You have something to be thankful for and to express gratitude for. One of the most, and what I really want to focus in and also close at the same time, (laughs) today is this. That one of the greatest weapons in the life and in the arsenal of a believer is the weapon of gratitude. We don't think about it this way a lot of times. We don't think about gratitude as a weapon. We think about gratitude as the warm and fuzzies. Makes you feel good. It's the fire with your, and and it's cold outside and your family's all around you. You're drinking hot cocoa and eating s'mores and we're like, I'm just so thankful for you. And it gives us the warm and fuzzies. But gratitude is a weapon against the enemy of your soul. It's a lot more than just making you feel good or giving you some Mormon fuzzies. Gratitude, when properly expressed and utilized, will ward off the enemy in your life. 2 Corinthians 10 says, The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of strongholds. Right? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. In other words, they're not natural weapons, but God has given us weapons. And I think one of the most often overlooked weapons that believers have is thanksgiving and gratitude. Because we make it about feeling good, but it's not just about feeling good. You know, you can you can express gratitude even when you don't feel good. As a matter of fact, you should express gratitude, especially when you don't feel good. I know what I know what everybody wants to do, because I wanna do it too sometimes, right? If you're having a bad day, right? Just nothing's going right. You're focusing on all the things wrong. You know what you wanna do? Lay in bed, sit on the couch, watch Netflix, think about how bad everything is. Tell everybody else how bad everything is. Sometimes people don't even want anybody to try to cheer them up. They just want to be sad. You just want to have a pity party. You ever been having a bad day and your spouse came and like tried to get you, like pull you out of it, and you're just like, leave me alone. I want to feel bad right now. All right, a couple of y'all are honest in this room. The rest of y'all are like, I ain't talking about that in church. Why, why in the world? I don't even understand. I mean, there is some neurological reasons, but I don't even understand spiritually why you should ever want to feel bad or to wallow in self pity. You have to begin to wage a weapon of warfare against the enemy, and because this is this is the reality, your misery is the goal of Satan. I say again, your misery is the goal of Satan, and unfortunately, in America, in, in a lot of ways, he seems to be winning against a lot of people right now. I did, I did a little research last night. Currently in America, a recent study shows that one in three Americans report consistent issues with anxiety and depression. One in three. One in three report consistent issues with anxiety and depression. Which by the way, if you look at our culture and our media, it's no surprise. Because once again, all we ever do in media especially is complain. Can I encourage you? Sometimes you need to turn off the news and the talking heads and all that, and you just need to sing, "Oh, come on, my soul, oh, don't you get shy on me?" Instead of listening to somebody talk about how awful everything is and how terrible everything is, and how things aren't getting better and crimes up and da 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 da. Which half the time they manipulate that stuff anyways to make it say what they wanted to say about who they wanted to say about. Maybe instead of feeding yourself all of that constantly. And by the way, there's a lot of. Can I just be honest? There's a lot of preaching going on today that's not much better. It is just as negative. It is just as depressing. It is just as dark and dire. You you would think people were being thrown to the lions in the middle of the streets the way some of these people talk. And I'm like, your life ain't that bad. Could things be better? Of course they could be better. Things could always be better, but it's not that bad. There is nobody in this room right now that your life is that bad that you could you, you should constantly be constantly be wallowing in depression and anxiety. And I'm not here to throw a stone at you if that's been you. I'm here here to tell you you can get out of that. One in three Americans report consistent issues with anxiety and depression. The number actually increases greatly among Gen Z and millennials. 49% of those between 18 and 24. 50% report consistent issues with anxiety and depression. 38% of those between 25 and 49. Now I wanna get this straight right now at the top. Anxiety and depression are not from God. He will keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on him. Now, I'm not here saying people don't actually battle with it, because they do. And I'm not here telling you you're not saved and going straight to hell if you battle with it. That's also not what I'm telling you. What I am telling you is you are not made to live in that all the days of your life there is freedom from anxiety there is freedom from depression and you can live in joy and joy everlasting and one of the greatest keys is this gratitude if anxiety and depression don't come from God it means I don't have to receive it I don't have to live with it and it's not something you're just gonna have to cope with all the days of your life you can overcome and you can get victory In a world that is rapidly being overcome with mental health issues, with anxiety, depression, fear, one of the greatest answers is the weapon of gratitude. You don't have to overcome in your strength. You overcome by giving thanks for his strength. You don't have to overcome because of who you are. You overcome because of who he is and what he has done for you. You overcome by giving thanks for what he has done for you and for your life. You overcome by when you feel down, you begin to rehearse what God has done for you before. Which, by the way, you know what that's also called? Crucifying your flesh. Because your flesh doesn't want you to rehearse all the good God's done for you when your flesh wants to feel bad and miserable. It is an act of faith to begin to rehearse gratitude when your flesh is screaming at you how terrible everything is. Gratitude, gratitude will build faith in your life. Why? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Whenever you begin to just rehearse and whenever you begin to meditate on all the things God has done for you, faith begins to be built in your life. And then the good news is this. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. When your faith is built, you begin to overcome the world. When you live in gratitude, you'll live in faith. When you live in faith, you'll live in victory and anxiety and depression and fear have to go. The cool thing is this, I'm close with this for real. The cool thing is this, even science backs this up. I, I was uh, research has actually shown that, Consciously practicing gratitude can reduce feelings of stress and anxiety. A recent study was done and actually showed that a single act of thoughtful gratitude showed an immediate 10% increase in happiness. Just being thoughtful and being, being intentional, right? Not just something happened and it made me happy, but being intentional and going, I'm thankful for this. A ten, immediate 10% increase and a 35% increase reduction in depressive symptoms just being intentional because by the way gratitude is something you have to be intentional about Berkeley ran a study in 2017 Berkeley California ran a study had 300 participants and they split this study into three groups of hundred people and all groups received counseling and therapy But then they told each group to do something different than the other one. So group one just received counseling and therapy. And we're told don't do anything else. Go get your counseling, get your therapy and just do that. Group two was told what you're going to do is every week you're going to write a letter of gratitude. And you are going to find something to be thankful for that's happened for you that week. And group three was told this. What you're going to do is you're going to find something negative that happened to you every week. And you're going to write about that. And compared with the particip- participants who wrote about the negative experiences or only received counseling, those who wrote the gratitude letters reported significantly better health and better mental health for four weeks and twelve weeks after the writing exercise ended. Surprisingly, they also exercised more. Some of y'all may not want to have gratitude. <laughs> Some of y'all like that went out the window. Let's go ahead me exercise. Forget about it. They exercised more. They had fewer health issues and visits to the doctor. And depression and anxiety began to decrease significantly in their life. Berkeley, a secular college, came to this conclusion. And and this was literally the headline of the peer-reviewed study. The headline of the peer-reviewed study was this. Gratitude unshackles you from toxic emotions. Gratitude unshackles you from toxic emotions. Whenever you begin to live your life in gratitude, it's like a key begins to release in your life to unshackle you from feelings and things that you're not intended or supposed to live in. I'm telling you, if the world gets this, the church should certainly get this. When you begin to live your life in gratitude, the chains that have tried to attach themselves to your life begin to be broken. So as we close, this is what I want to challenge you for. Ben, come on up. This is what I want to challenge you to do. This week, I want you to take some time, and I want you to actually begin to intentionally express gratitude. Not just when something good happens, not just when everything's great, but whenever you wake up in the morning, you find something to be thankful for, and you express it. We even say it, we sing it in this bridge, come on my soul, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song, because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. There's something. Whenever you begin to open up your mouth and express gratitude, that a lion begins to roar through you that paralyzes your enemy. That whenever you begin to open up your mouth and express thanksgiving and gratitude, the enemy is sent fleeing at the sound of the lion. It's not just a nice little thank you. There is something that begins to arise in the heart of God. Whenever you begin to live in gratitude and he arises on your behalf, he roars over your life the enemy is paralyzed and he is sent running seven different ways so next time you feel like complaining stop next time you feel like grumbling about something stop and flip it on its head and you find something to be thankful for you find something to give gratitude for you go, i don't have anything you're alive you're breathing you have another day to serve God. We all have a litany of things to be thankful for. Stop complaining and start roaring. Stop complaining and start roaring. Stop complaining and start giving God gratitude and thanksgiving for everything he has done in your life and everything he's going to you will you stand up to your feet this morning lift your hands to the Lord this morning come on lift your hands to him I want you to pray with me this morning say Father God I thank you for everything you've done for me I repent for any area in my life where I've been unthankful where I've complained Where I haven't had a correct perspective. And I make a decision today. I'm gonna live in gratitude. I'm gonna begin to be thankful. And as I do, my situation is changing. The lion of the tribe of Judah is roaring over my life. And fear, anxiety, depression has to go at the sound of the roar of the lion. In Jesus' name, come on, lift your hands, lift your voices this morning. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.